0: Hi, I'm Seth I'm Scott And I'm Becky And we are track walking Today I'm leading things off because uh, Scott and Becky have all the good stuff to talk about And my life has been boring because I didn't go on one lap Um, But Scott and Becky did and they're amazing and they survived and they got a good finish at a thing And the car broke and the car got fixed and there's so much to talk about What do you want to talk about?
1: Uh, <laughs> don't even really know where to start <laughs> um probably well, we talked about n c m so we can because we talked the monday after n c m so like the day after didn't we right yeah, so probably right about the day after we recorded that we can <laughs> probably pick up from there.
2: So normally we'd like a lot of things happen. Uh,
0: yeah, a lot of things. Normally, like I tell everybody who's gonna do one lap, like try to get the car sorted at an event like a month before one lap, all sorted, so you're down to like brake pads and oil right before the event. You guys
2: and
1: I'm I'm totally on board with that too.
2: That's what guys, we like also.
0: <laughs> yeah, you guys did it different though because we know you got a little a little wrinkly at uh, NCM. Two weeks before you had to go Ten days before you had to go Some absurd thing like that Do you want to give the timeline here for I
1: think it was 12 days
2: That sounds right 12 days
0: Okay so the car got wrinkly Went to a body shop um, You collected parts from here and there and everywhere And then you got the car back uh, How many hours before you were planning on leaving Did you get the car back?
1: Not many Seth Seth not many. Um <laughs> yeah, basically on the on the drive home from NCM and then the next basically two days, uh I made all the phone calls and all the emails to collect all the parts that we thought we might need to replace. I've actually got a bunch of uh or a couple control arms and some other things that I ordered that um we Didn't end up needing, but uh, just get all the parts. Because we were working on such a tight timeline, uh, we didn't really have the luxury of trying to figure out what was wrong first and then order the parts. We just kind of had to order all the parts and then figure out what was wrong.
2: We also weren't sure that we were going to be able to take the Miata, so we ordered some parts for... Mooncake, my Mazda 2, as well, to get that ready in case we ended up having to take that if the Miata wasn't ready. So, just short shifter and new pads and rotors and stainless steel brake lines and just a few things (laughs) just in case.
0: So, you were actually attempting to prep two cars last minute? Yes. Instead of one. Yeah, (laughs) basically,
2: that's what we were doing.
0: I like that. That's make make everything twice as complicated for funsies.
1: Contingency. I don't see it's not twice as complicated. It's because in my mind, like this thing could go wrong, and the likelihood of the Miata being ready. The rich, rich at Al's Auto Body experts was was pretty confident that the Miata would be ready. I was less confident, um, and the one lap for us just needed to happen. And so in order for that to happen, regardless of the situation, we had to, um, yeah, double up our prep.
2: We also didn't have the Miata here, so there wasn't much that we could physically do to it. Um, so we we could work on the Mazda too though. <laughs> right. Um, right. It was kind of a, a waiting period for the Miata while it was at Al's auto body.
0: Well, Scott did spend hours and hours and hours just like mentally stressing, though, right? Just yeah, like you no, know, it's, it's st- the
1: entire time. <laughs> I mean, because the car wasn't here, I the only thing I could work on the Miata was my stress level of the Miata.
0: How pro- how productive did you find that?
1: Um, I mean, I was accomplishing my goal of being stressed about it. Good, so very. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this goes
0: into that that whole mental prep side of things and uh, living inside your own head when you can't touch things with your hands.
1: Yeah, it's it's the whole control thing, and not only you know could I not control it, but it wasn't. I mean, it's literally not even here. I couldn't touch it. I couldn't go look at it. Nothing.
2: I also would not let him work on Mooncake, so I'm sure that added to the the problem.
1: <laughs> no, not really i just I just couldn't do anything to the Miata other than like order all the parts and like I did that in like two or three days, and then it was just waiting. Did you learn something about yourself with this, or did you already know? Um, I already kind of knew it. The whole, like, um, stress level and, you know, just holding pattern sort of stuff. I hate waiting. And, um, you know, I, I tried to occupy myself with other things, but it's just the whole, the whole stress of the situation was very new. And, you know, the physical reminder of my neck still being sore at the time and still being sore, frankly, right now pretty badly. Um, just, you know, just all the reminders of what had happened and what we were trying to do in a very short amount of time. And the scope of the one lap is very different from just a normal track weekend. It's not like we go somewhere and then we have a site where we have friends and tow vehicles and all that sort of stuff. I mean, the the one-lap is a 3,800-mile cross-country trip um, with high stakes if you don't <laughs> make it to each track and compete, etc. etc et cetera. So um, the scope of it's much larger than our typical race weekend. And that's my So... Concern.
0: so bigger stakes bigger stress bigger whatever inside scott's head were you fine becky were you just like chilling and working on mooncake and
2: no i i found it hard to not um not have much to do to alleviate the stress it did help i had mooncake to work on i also went to a track day at gingerman with my Mazda 2, so that I could drive it on track if <laughs> before the one lap, if it came to taking that, um, and I mean it was I didn't sleep well <laughs> a lot of that time either, but um, I I do pretty well with a little bit of chaos, um, <laughs> so I don't think it it affected me as much as it did Scott, but but still not a Not a restful time leading up to a not restful week (laughs) to begin with.
0: Yeah, that's a hard way to start uh, that 10 days not being calm and rested. Because no matter what, you're going to end up stressed and tired during the week. But to start stressed and tired, uh, it's sort of like going for a run before you go for a run.
2: Yeah, I... And I just wanted to get through that time. Like, I just wanted to get to the one lap. Um, Like, that was my my mentality. I couldn't do anything for the Miata or for Scott, really. So I was like, I just have to exist through this time period.
0: (laughs) That's probably the most mentally healthy thing I've heard about that that whole week. (laughs)
2: Well, I mean, I don't know if that's how it actually happened, but that's what I tried to do
0: <laughs> the stories we tell ourselves that's the yes, important thing exactly
2: <laughs>
0: so um do we want to do like a full one lap I don't know that we could do a full recap of the event anyway you want to do highlights from each of your perspectives
1: yeah I think I think a highlight you know going going day by day of an event would be a <laughs> lengthy <laughs> Um yeah, so the almost the busiest time was, you know, the night before tech and registration day down at Waterford Estates. We um one of our good friends Carson brought the car up to us. Um he's kind enough to do that and put the car on his trailer, drove it up to us and the car showed up about ten thirty PM. Um the night before tech and registration. And we had to leave the house at 8.30 the next morning to make our alignment appointment at Gingerman. So
0: my math says you had 10 hours to get the car ready?
1: Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, now Rich and Edie did uh, quite a bit of the of the work um, they had already replaced the control arms um, the front driver's side uh, fender they had replaced uh, they had replaced the passenger side window and pulled the door enough to where it could open and close um, things like that it wasn't pretty um, but you know they did a great job get it making it drivable basically and then it was essentially our job to Uh, nut and bolt the entire car and inspect every little tiny thing and to basically be sure that we could or to basically see if it was a car that we think we could trust for 8 days and 3,800 miles.
2: Plot twist. (laughs) For some reason or another, the bumper, the new bumper did not come with the car. Um, so that was kind of a, we were planning on having that and being able to make the new air dam and get that all settled before we left the next morning. Um, but because the, the bumper didn't come with the car, we had to scramble. Uh, fortunately, Chris Sullivan was planning on coming from Chicago area to meet us the next morning anyway. So he was able to pick it up but we still weren't (laughs) going to have it until gingerman the next morning at our alignment appointment so that was an extra challenge
0: and arrows sort of like the whole air dam and how your car reacts aerodynamically has become an increasingly important part of the driving and the setup and everything right it's all like everything you know about the car has to do with how it works with aerodynamics right
2: yeah and um we've got an under tray that is behind the air dam um we can't really run that without the air dam so it was like a escalating problem (laughs) like one thing led to another problem um that we had to figure out
1: yeah and this was only after at 3.30 a.m., we discover that our brake piston seals are once again leaking. And, um... Yeah, that was pretty disheartening. I was about ready to just almost quit at that point. I just didn't know what to do. So, I didn't ask you
0: this... I didn't ask you this at the time, but... But brake piston seal kits aren't that expensive.
1: No, but they are hard to find.
0: Well, so my... My question is, the last time they leaked, why didn't you order two of
1: them? Uh, Because the guy who sent me them took them off of another set of brake calipers that he had. Oh, And and that was kind of crunch time at that point. And to be honest, just didn't really uh, think about it after that. Yeah. Just had to get it done and barely got that done.
0: Okay. Yeah, I thought I thought it wasn't going to be constructive for me to ask you during those moments when when I heard that the brakes were leaking. I was like, "Wait, don't you have another set of seals?" Because yeah. if you had, the conversation wouldn't have needed to be had anyway. So, um.
1: well, and it turns out it didn't need to be had anyway. Um, after some looking around, uh, the Steptek calipers that we have are designed to be super low friction which means that the tolerances are very wide so that they don't stick and they open and or they you know squeeze and let go very very nicely and this also means in cooler temperatures which we have had in Michigan because it's Michigan um, that the seals can leak if they're not warmed up. So So was a real thing. Yes.
2: But we didn't know that at the time. (laughs) So (laughs) it it was the night before we're leaving for the One Lap of America. And we're thinking, like, what do we do? if If the brakes aren't good, we can't take the car. What do we do? So we decided to take both Mooncake and the Miata to our alignment appointment at Gingerman so that we could have a little more time to see whether we were going to be able to trust the Miata <laughs> or not. Uh, so we drove to Gingerman without the air dam or the under tray. Um, Scott drove the Miata. I drove the Mazda 2 so I could keep an eye <laughs> on that stuff in front as well, the brake ducts and the, um, the radiator ducting and stuff that was all exposed going down the highway. Um, we got to Gingerman. The bumper came we started getting the alignment and putting the last bits and pieces back together.
1: Well, yeah, as soon as we got there, we pulled the front wheels off to check the calipers to see if they were leaking. That was supposed to be kind of the the test run essentially. So once they are, like if we just drive it down the road, um, will things kind of fix themselves? So we pulled the um, wheel And pads off the side that was leaking, inspected it, and it was dry. So that was very good. Uh, And just for uh, double-checking, because that's what I do, we checked the other side, and the other side was leaking. (laughs) Cool. Um, Now, we had recalled the night before that we had done a few test runs to see if they would actually, like, continue to leak, and we had not cleaned... Uh, the side that appeared to be leaking at the moment. So we cleaned it up, put the pads on, and continued to just go ahead and get the alignment. Um, but at that point, because we didn't know again, uh, the we decided that the Mazda 2 and the Miata would both be making the trip all the way down to South Bend.
2: So we took That's both wh- cars. <laughs> to South Bend um, finally had the Miata put all back together and we got to South Bend pulled into the parking lot hardly said hi to anybody and put the front end up and took the wheels off and checked the brake calipers and then decided that Miata was go for the one lap
0: (laughs) I don't think you can do anything more like I don't think you can make a decision that's more last minute than that that's that's as last minute as you can get
2: Uh, I think so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had, I mean, we had the wheels and tires for the Miata uh, ready to go. We had the wheels and tires for the Mazda 2 ready to go. Mazda 2 had all of its parts in the car, and, you know, we were going to have to bleed the brakes and... Uh, do a few other things to make sure it was good. If that was the decision, but yeah, we uh, we literally didn't know until about two p.m. Uh, the day of tech and registration.
2: It, it
0: was, was kind terrible. of like a, which car do we bring through tech and put the stickers on? Yep, that's phenomenal. That's nope. <laughs> nope that is terrible. that is the worst way to start one lap.
1: Yes, it was terrible. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't don't so wreck yeah, your car. Don't wreck your car before the one lap.
0: Everyone who's listening to this who's who's like, dude, I want to do one lap, it sounds awesome. Don't don't do what Scott and Becky did. That's the wrong way to start a one lap.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And I could get real sassy about um what caused all this in the first place, but um just Yeah. Don't, you, don't, yeah, don't well, bring a wheel to wheel car on the one Uh, lap is basically. I was gonna say the uh, the
0: long and short of it is yeah, you guys have a race car that has another job. Like it has a purpose in life other than one lap. And and yeah, that's always uh an interesting decision. And having that work out is when it works out it's beautiful. And then sometimes it's like it was So, Becky as a crew chief, uh and you were a driver this time. You drove you drove two days of track stuff?
2: Yep, I drove at Nola and Gingerman.
0: So but your your role is generally like uh crew chiefy decision y things. Um did this did, did knowing that the car was potentially different change how you approached that going into the week?
2: Um, I think definitely for the first couple of days uh, I mean, every morning on the one-lap and track events, we we take the wheels off and inspect everything anyway, um, because we've had, you just never know what's, <laughs> where a bolt's going to be missing or loose or, or whatnot, um, and I just, in the mornings, doing that for the first couple of days was extra suspicious, and just... <laughs> Like, I I don't think there is anything different that I was doing except just staring at the car and feeling like I was missing something all the time.
0: (laughs) I like just the thought of that. You there in the cold, squinting at the bolts.
2: That's exactly what it was like. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I guess we'll we'll put the wheels back on. I'm skeptical, though.
1: Well, and it didn't help that... um, The first day on the autocross, uh, one of the brake adapter to knuckle bolts, um, they were loose. Um, Could have been that I missed them the night before in the haze of sleep and caffeine. Um, So those were loose, so that was an extra little bit of nervousness and suspicion. And then the very next day at Memphis, um, we go into our first session, Recon Lap, and the uh, front left hub, which had just been replaced, was um, installed incorrectly, and um, in the middle of turn one, which is a high-speed right-hander, the uh, car started braking by itself, and um <laughs> So I managed around just a couple of the corners and went to brake and had no brake pedal. Cool. Um, So pulled in, uh, didn't get to make our first run, which is our first DNS of any one lap we've done. We came in and just noticed that the hub nut was fairly tight. So I was like, all right, crap. So (laughs) tighten it up. Uh, put the wheel back on, just take it for a couple um, like quick parking lot turns and something still sounded terrible. So we scrapped that session, pulled everything off and discovered um, when I went to pull the uh, hub off that the outer hub came off and all of its, the inner portion and all the innards stayed or fell out and the... (laughs) Um, massive billet hub had been discolored. It was so hot. And um, there's an adapter sleeve for this particular hub that goes on over the stock stuff and inside of the uh, new bearing. And that was not there. So Ah. basically there was a large amount of play on the inside and no matter how tight you got the nut it just wasn't going to work so the notion that that car made it as far as it did on the road and even through three autocross runs and a skid pad I don't I don't quite know how that happened Um, (laughs) but yeah so we uh, we have a stock a good OEM stock spare that we put on for the last two runs at Memphis And um, one of our fellow competitors, Christopher Lewis, uh, who runs a bunch of, um, or several endurance Miatas, had one of these nice big beefy hubs on one of his race cars that um, they had um, Robert Thorne's wife take off of the race car. And we drove two hours out of our way from Memphis down to Eagles Canyon to Oklahoma City to pick it up and uh, keep going.
0: The uh, the one lap competitors and their ability to help is phenomenal. Um, that's the the best part. And and you and I have said this, but everybody says it. It's really not you against the other guy. It's really you and the other guy against the event. Um, and so everybody's yeah. trying to help you you conquer the event more than beat each other.
1: Yeah, um, and that was readily apparent there. Um, I had a bunch of people making a lot of different phone calls and internet searches and things like that. And um, yeah, and he was, we were lucky, we were kind of even going in the general direction as his shop and he was willing to uh, to do that. Yeah, it was pretty awesome.
0: And there was a number of other competitors that I followed throughout the week that had other things. Uh, Brian DeFreeze, friend of the show and friend of us, had to he and his dad had to track down uh, rear bearings for their Corvette. Um, had a bearing failure, and luckily, Corvettes in the middle of the country are about as common a car as as you can as you can have so uh howard helped them track down bearings and they got that together and then the uh honda civic that had a turbo that ate itself they had to drive from what was it from crescent to alabama to pick up a turbo something absurd like that and then drive the turbo back to crescent and put it back on the car so that they could and they only missed one day of competition doing that um and I was just communicating with that web of of people the 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 fingers that went out looking for a turbo was phenomenal. um literally a nationwide search for uh for that turbo to get it and put it back on the car. so it's it's a really cool community. Um,
2: it always amazes me the the spirit that everybody has of um getting everybody through the event. Like I think about doing any number of those things that you just mentioned, like on our own. And not only would it not be possible, but I don't think I would even try, but it's like somebody has a breakdown like that and everybody rallies to 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 make it happen for them. It's, you don't see it ev- everywhere.
0: <laughs> no, and certainly not in, like you, you see it at the track, but everybody's at the same spot, right? So everybody, if you're at a given track you know half the people there are pretty local and so you kind of have local things but when you're driving around the country there's times where you're not near you're in nobody's neighborhood and somehow you still are able to find those sorts of things um, to find the people to help you Um, it's a cool event it's cool people I'm sad I missed it Um, need to go back so you guys had a hub failure You got back on track uh how was nola becky you've driven a car around nola but these are were your these are your first like competition laps in a car right
2: yeah so i drove the miata for one session there back in november knowing that i was going to be driving for the one lap um, just so i could at least have a little bit of time on track there um but it's different of course, doing like a 20 minute session of lapping as opposed to doing three consecutively timed laps um, and not having much seat time. (laughs) Um, It also thunderstormed like 45 (laughs) minutes before I went on track. So that was kind of of an emotional roller coaster for me. (laughs) I was real worried about not just my first competition laps but doing it in the rain <laughs> um fortunately it it passed over really quickly and um by the time I went out enough cars had gone out that most of the track was dry but the the puddles were just a lot bigger so I just had to m- modify the line around the puddles um yeah and it it turned out okay I I think I did I think I finished like 51st which is which is fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Like, did you, like mentally, were you in a different place knowing that they were competition labs? That's kind of, that's kind of my big question here because it's, it's not just for, I mean, it's fun, but it's not just for fun.
2: Yeah, I think the problem for me with that is that I, I want to do well. (laughs) I'm a pretty competitive person and I know that I was going into it with not a lot of experience and not a lot of seat time, but, um, whatever I do, it gets, you know, it's posted on the results page so everybody can see how slow I was. Um, and I, so that makes me extra competitive to want to do well because everyone's going to see, um, (laughs) how it turned out anyway. But, um, I just tried to go into it thinking like I, I'm just it's a milestone for me to actually compete um, and I just want to I want to do it and have that experience and trying to tell myself that I'm not going to beat everyone (laughs) my first time and that's okay.
0: Yeah you gotta get I don't know you gotta get in the in the right headspace so that you're you have to do it a couple times so that when you go it, it becomes familiar to line up with those those other five cars at the line and be released one at a time and, um, you know, not be screaming in your helmet, um, that kind of thing. I feel like you have to do it a couple times.
2: Well, and it helped um, just having been part of one lap for the the last two times that it ran and knowing a lot of people there. Um, I was nervous about what run group to go out in because I didn't want to hold anybody up. Um I went over and talked to Bob and Ted, (laughs) who I know that you know, but they're just two best friends, and they're just like the coolest, and I've always had a good rapport with them, Um, and they were were really kind to invite me to go along in their run group, and just knowing the people that would be watching and that a lot of them know me and are just excited to see me actually drive on track, um, that helped a lot too.
0: Good yeah Bob and Ted are great we've I've been in run groups with them a couple times um, and always had fun um, they they traditionally run more towards the back than uh, you guys do uh, they run more like where I run in back so I've hung out with them a bunch. they're good guys um so I don't know what else is there to say you uh the car broke the car got fixed um. Becky drove, Scott drove. Scott, were you happy with your driving this year?
1: Uh, By and large, yeah. Um, It was a lot of experience has been gained since the last time we were on the one lap. Um, The last one lap we had gone on, um, I only had one GLTC race under my belt um, and only really one season of HPD and before that. So, you know, I'd had more than a full GLTC season. Um, Really felt like, you know, not only the car, but my driving abilities gotten better. So I was just kind of eager to see kind of how I and the car would do in the field. And the field this year was extraordinarily pointy. Um, not just from a car choice point of view, but we had, I think, eight professional race car drivers yeah. here this year.
0: It was a thing so, this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a real thing. So, yeah, um, it started out, you know, the wet skid pad did not go well. Uh, we we made the decision to do uh, 200 treadwear tires. And um, we had just put them on at the hotel and then drove to the skid pad from there, and that was it. So we're pretty sure the mold release was still on the tires and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, the 56th place in that one doesn't seem too bad, um, all things considered.
0: Yeah, for anybody who's thinking of doing one lap, you don't want to start on fresh tires. You want to start on tires that have been scrubbed because the uh, the wet skid pad is a cruel beast. If you show up and you you have nice shiny brand new tires, they're yep. terrible. So uh, yeah, and that experience that's, thing.
1: And that's all the car had in it. I mean, it didn't have any more grip to give. Yeah, you had to have known um, that going.
0: I mean, you you've done this enough that you you knew in your head that that was kind of ha- going to happen, right?
1: We weren't sure. Like I really tried to scrub the crap out of them on the <laughs> drive over. <laughs> like really really worked them. Um they just they just need more miles, pretty plain and simple. Yeah. yeah. Um so, you know, it started a little bit worse than than we had hoped. Um but then we went to the autocross and I don't autocross and we actually finished remarkably well all things considered so yeah that was kind of a nice affirmation going into the uh the next day when the car broke when yeah when the car broke and then we (laughs) dns and then yeah blah 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 so (laughs) yeah and we didn't run the drags which to be honest i was kind of okay with just saved a little bit of wear and tear on the car Especially because right. the the low ET drag, you know, you definitely want to do well. But then the bracket drags, you also want to do well, which means you do more launches, <laughs> and so it's just right. harder on everything.
0: Um, so speaking of weird events, since we've talked about the autocross and the drags, which are weird, we finally, after many many years, got to run an oval this year. I say we. Event. I didn't get to do it. You got to run an oval this year.
1: Favorite oh, event.
0: did it, did it really? Like it, f- yes. it fulfilled all your oval fantasies that you might have had?
1: It, for me, it was just the sheer absurdity of it. Um, <laughs> I mean, you had all these cars lining up to go into this heavily banked three-eighths mile paved oval um, that you enter it. Like the the top of the bowl is about ground level and then you go down into it to drive so like driving from where we were gridded into there it's kind of like if you've ever skied off of a cornice it's a bit (laughs) like that but in a car (laughs) which felt pretty badass
0: that's awesome (laughs)
1: um but yeah i mean it's, it's one of those wild card events kind of like an autocross where you don't Get to practice it. You can't really prepare for it. You just have to figure it out and do the best you can. And uh, I think the one lap could use could use more of that.
0: Good. That's fantastic. How did? Hey, Becky. Did you like? Was there any car set up Did you? Because there's a couple people on one lap who are oval people. Um, Jack and Jenna Wagner have raced. Uh, spent years and years and years racing asphalt ovals Um,
2: i didn't know that they would have been great to ask about that (laughs) uh we did get some tips from um team toyota is really killer was set up um so they gave us some tips on tire pressure i think it was like the right side we started at pretty close to hot pressures and then the left side was 10 psi less than that oh wow
0: I had no idea. That seemed it seemed like it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I would have gotten that wrong. I had no idea that you would you would do that kind of pressure stagger. Make I guess it makes sense, I guess. We, yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know anything about ovals. We, we were going to do it the opposite because we knew that the outsides would kind of be gaining just a little bit of heat in them. So to keep them even, it kind of made it sense to us to keep the inside higher, but... Um yeah you want you really want the inside lower because it pulls the car to the inside
0: oh, wow. yeah,
1: it's kinda like cool. it's kinda like almost adding wedge in the car or taking it away which, whichever whichever way <laughs> makes you turn left um, for a second there you
0: sounded super knowledgeable
1: <laughs> thanks um, and then we kept the the inside uh let's see. I think the inside we kept low rebound and the outside was high rebound. Something like that. So, yeah, it was basically left to right stagger.
0: That's awesome. I'm definitely going to need to talk to you guys more if we have an oval in future years because now I realize I have no idea what I'm doing at all. Same. Which is my general state of being, but you guys now have more knowledge than me, so you're the pros. So...
1: Yeah. Um, same. That's, that's we, why we have friends who have done things that we haven't.
0: Yeah. So is there anything else to talk about other than the last day, which we clearly need to talk about?
1: Um, the two days I was really most interested in were Eagles Canyon and AMP, Atlanta Motorsports Park. Um, those are really the two types of tracks I really enjoy. They've got a lot of elevation. They're very twisty. Um, a little bit lower speed in general um, very technical tracks that's what I really enjoy and I was just kind of interested to see how those go to see how those went uh, Eagles Canyon definitely favors a little bit higher horsepower but AMP was my jam um, really enjoyed that track every bit of it um, I think in the morning we placed 23rd overall yeah, and, that was, uh, phenomenal. was just really jiving with that, and we didn't get to run the afternoon because people drove very loud cars, and Brock didn't want to damage her, the relationship with AMP, so he pulled the plug on the afternoon session. We moved on from there. I was I was not happy. Um, I I understand the decision, but I I wasn't happy. I really wanted a a second go at that track.
0: Yeah, that made me sad. Seeing how how well you guys did, and then and then reading that people were like ten decibels over the limit.
1: Yeah, which it's pretty rough.
0: Yeah, it's not. They weren't a little bit loud. They were ridiculously louder than the track
1: limits. Yeah, one one oh nine five was the the high score, and that is, I'm pretty sure, five decibels above the loudest sound restriction in the country or something like that
0: yeah oh uh, wow well, these things happen
1: yeah but um, yeah it was kind of nice to go to Gingerman the day before the last day and you know, be at a very familiar track where we know where all the bathrooms are and we know the people who work the food stand and we know the goofy guy who um, does race control so that was that was nice
0: did it feel like home? Was it, does it have a different vibe to it than the uh, the away tracks, if you will?
2: Yeah, I think it, um, just not having to think about like where do I go to pit out and where's pit in and um, where do I line up and all those things. Um, and just, just a, it's just comforting to be at a place that we've been so many times before. That was a great ending yeah, it, <laughs> road course for the one lap for us
0: it saves a little bit of mental bandwidth um definitely you yeah so how did what did you feel about driving there how did how did you feel?
2: um it was definitely a lot easier to drive on a track that I've driven <laughs> at least a few more laps on before, so that was helpful um and I think I, I still don't have a lot of seat time, so I still was learning a lot between my first session and my second session of the day, but, um, really was able to bring some, some time off. Um, on the second session, Scott helped me look at video and data and see where I could get some easy time and, um, Placed 49th in the second session, which was like my secret goal was to get <laughs> into the 40s. <laughs> um, so that was really good and really good for me. I am a little bit sad that Scott didn't get to compete on his home track because I think he would have just like blew everyone out of the water there. But uh, but it was really important for me to to be able to drive in competition on the one lap in the Miata. Uh, something that was we really wanted to make happen this year.
0: Does it does it give you things to think about for for next year, um, as you sort of mentally prepare to go f- faster? I know you're you're going to take Mooncake, so you're not going to go faster. I've driven a Mazda too. Faster's not really a thing in those. But so one lap, you kind of have to be able to go fast right now which is different than how we, we teach people to drive on track usually, right? Um, we want newer people, and you're still a, would be considered a newer person on track. We want them to take a fairly measured approach to building speed usually. Um, but you're going to jump into the, you did this year, but next year especially, you're going to jump into the pool where you're like, cool, now I have to, to mentally change how I do things to I need to go fast now. How are you gonna do that?
2: So I was actually thinking um, that I should sign up for some autocrosses. Um, and I that's really not something that interests me on its own but I think it would help for the one lap <laughs> to be able to learn a course and learn how to go fast quickly. <laughs> It's, it's
0: interesting how many one-lap winners also have uh, autocross national championship trophies. Um, I mean, I know Scott hates autocross, but uh, there is a correlation there. Just saying.
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, you're right. You're right. <laughs> the ability to adapt and come up to speed very quickly is a vital skill on the one-lap. I just... It's autocross. I don't know. It's hard for me to get excited about it.
0: Yeah. No, I, I see where you're coming from. You, you didn't do... And a lot of people who have those national championships did that uh, earlier in the career. Like, they were hardcore autocrossers and then did track stuff. Um, I don't know too many people who were, you know, moved from track stuff to wheel-to-wheel racing and then went, wait a minute, now I need to get good at autocross. That's just not the the general uh progression that people have so i see where you're coming from but i also think becky should get better than you at autocross which may not be that hard
2: well i wouldn't really be going backwards because i haven't done a lot of track time anyway so i'd still be starting with autocross right. sort of um but yeah, I, I also think you just driving better than Scott. more seat time and on a variety of tracks would help too just to learn um be more comfortable with carrying speed through corners and um breaking points and all of that just to get a better general feel for for those would help me too
0: yeah one lap is one of those things where you're when I when I drive one lap my hardest thing is trying to figure out um breaking points into the first corner um because you only have three laps and your breaking point between the first corner where you have a the the first lap where you have a standing start into the first corner is different than your breaking point the next time around and that always messes with my head so much to to know that that the first time i come into that corner i can go deeper and then the second time i come around that breaking point needs to to back up and and then to know that and then to not have it mess with the entire rest of my lap knowing that's happening is, ah, I still don't think I've ever gotten used to it.
1: So perfect example is me at AMP. Um, first, uh, first hot, like first full speed uh, entry into turn one, which is kind of like a downhill braking zone. And it's a fast, you're, you're moving by the time you're there and it's visually deceptive on how far away the turn is from the braking boards. And so I started braking at six. I, I depressed the brake, I let off, I then pushed the brake again. <laughs> I then went back to throttle, and then finally I went back to braking. That's how early I braked going into one. Yeah, so one, one of the things yeah. I definitely would have uh, liked to have changed. <laughs> a lot of time left on the table there.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's a thing that happens.
1: I, I do also think Becky is going to be a much better time attacker than me. Um, her ability to pick points and uh, just kind of execute, turn in points, apexes, things like that is much... Um, She's much more precise and at it than I am, and I think that's uh, I think that's gonna carry carry her well.
0: Why do you think you don't do that as good? Are you thinking of different things?
1: Um, I don't I don't particularly qualify well, and qualifying is virtually time attack right i it's It's hard for me to be very precise and keep to okay, I'm gonna start braking here, I'm gonna start turning here. I'm gonna end braking here. I'm gonna apex here, kind of just have a mental plan and go with it. Um, oddly enough, when I drive for qualifying and certainly for races, I'm much more go with the flow than I think I than I think is good for my driving. Um I was it, it's almost some and and I don't mean this at all to offend anyone like it just it feels almost lazy to me and I I haven't quite figured out why that is yet. Um but Becky is just able to take like she's able to look at data, look at video and say okay, I need to do this, this and this and then she just goes out and does it lap one. Like that's that's phenomenal. That, that's hard to do.
0: Yeah, I don't do that. I'm bad at that. Usually if I look when I used to run data, um, actually on my Mazda two way back in the day, um, I could see, I could see myself make a mistake in the data and I'd be like, cool, I want to fix that. And I'd know exactly what to do. And I would go back out and I could look at the data and I would make the exact same mistake in the exact same way. Even knowing, you know, like there's a thing I have to break differently in this corner. And I would still, I couldn't intellectualize it. I would still go by feel of the car. And the reason I made the mistake the first time is because I was just going by raw feel. and would be like, okay, this is where I think I need to break, And I would break, And I'd be like, okay, that's, you know, too early. I'm going to go two car lengths farther. Or even sometimes I would break too late. And, and I'd go back out and I'm like, okay, I'm going to fix it. And I could look at the data and I would, like, I would too, like, too, two feet in distance I would make the same mistake because I would drive purely by what my you know by feel instead of by intellect and that was super annoying and I don't think I ever truly conquered that so yeah keep being better than us Becky that would be (laughs) that would be fantastic somebody's got to do this
2: well, I've got a lot of room for improvement. So, <laughs> so the places that I do improve stick out very well right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's all the same process, though. Um, you know, it's it's being able to identify changes and then execute them. And you know, like Scott said, it's if you can identify it and execute it, then you'll get better. And that's a much different thing than being able to identify it and then not execute it, because um, you don't do anything differently if you can't do that execution side of things so okay i want to talk about the last day i know i might be i don't want to hurry things but i do want to talk about the last day because i'm super excited about it and i want you you to to tell us about hurry
1: something when we're like 50 minutes into this
0: i don't i never watch the clock when i'm talking to you scott i do it all by instinct
1: i mean it's right at the top it's that big number
0: no, mine measures in in measures. Remember, I'm like seventeen thousand measures in. I haven't figured out how to turn it to time yet. I don't know how. I don't know how long a measure is either because I'm bad at music. So, last day. Tell me what the last day. I want to know about the last day.
1: So, uh, we go into the last day. Um, pretty secure in our overall spot. Um, and um, you know just pretty much knowing once we pulled into Waterford that, you know, we had kind of made it (laughs) and it's a, it's a good feeling. You have some beers, you hang out with some people, swap war stories, all that kind of stuff. And, um, in class we were fourth place, but we were only five points behind third place. And I'd I'd kind of been watching that throughout the week and we had kinda of traded positions a few times and it's like especially once we got there, I'm like, I really want that podium. Like I really want that podium. <laughs> and I think we can you guys get have,
0: it. You guys have never taken home a, a trophy, right?
1: No, this is the first piece of hardware we've ever we've ever gotten for uh racing.
0: Slightly Slightly the consequence of, of bringing a spoon To a gunfight uh, yeah. most years But um, yeah.
1: Spoiler alert I guess by the way um, Yeah So yeah we go into the um, The dry skid pad And you know since this year was a little different Because the tire rack didn't want Everybody on site um, I think it was actually better for uh, Warming up the tires uh, Andy Hollis disagrees with me But I think he's wrong Um, so basically the entire way over, um, I was doing, um, I was basically betting in brakes (laughs) the entire way there, (laughs) uh, really getting the brakes nice and hot because hot brakes heat wheels and wheels heat tires. That's, that's effectively how, um, the bulk of the tire warms up. So we certainly scrubbed it in a few times, but really using the brakes and, Letting those warm up is is the best thing you can do. So we did that the entire way there, and we only kept a few things in the cars. We double-checked tire pressure right before we went, and once we were there, the guy said, all right, well, let's line up in five minutes or whenever you want to. So I said, okay, we're going right now (laughs) because the longer we sit there, the cooler the tires get. So we uh, we jumped in line real quick and went out there and um, skid pads are weird it, it's hard to it's hard to feel how you do on them. You just kind of do the best you can. Um, the first you go counterclockwise first, uh, which are typically your better better G loads because driver side and all that stuff. Um, first lap I I could have gone faster. Uh, it wasn't by like towards the end of that first time around that I put a little bit more wheel into it and a little bit more throttle, and the car wanted to go faster. So I think the first time round was a one oh nine g. The second time around was like a one point one one or something like that. Um, spun around, went the other way, and um, I think a little bit. Quicker that time around, um, we did. Uh, I kind of matched my first, my first one in that direction. Went a little bit quicker the the second time around. So, I mean, the car felt good. I mean, it felt like I had grip. It's just, it's hard, it's hard to gauge when you're out there, especially, you know, when the field is separated by like four or five miles an hour average. <laughs> it's just not right. that big of a difference. So, yeah, we did it, and then basically just packed up, went back to the hotel, and kind of waited, um, just for like an hour, and just talked and hung out, kind of waiting for the award ceremony, and um, you, you found me, or said something.
2: Somebody walked past me and said, hey, good job on the skid pad, that's really impressive.
1: <laughs> so that's that's all I got until um, I guess the results were up by that point or something and um, I think didn't you didn't you look at them? you said that you got third or fourth or something
2: well the person that walked past me had looked at the results and said like that's really impressive was it third or fourth and I said excuse me <laughs> and then we looked at the results
1: and so that's what Becky told me before we looked at the results. So I'm thinking like third or fourth in class. I'm like, eh, it's, you know, it's not not as good as I was hoping, but, you know, it's that's okay. Um, but no, it was third overall, um, which was, I don't want to say out of the realm of possibility, but certainly not what I was expecting.
0: <laughs> so you didn't do what I did, which is call up the results and immediately start scrolling and then blow right past you because that's what I did when I was looking for I I mean I hate to say that but you know I called it up and started scrolling and you know when I get to like the the 20s or so I start looking for your name Well, usually what
1: we do whenever the results come in is we look for like the top 10 or 13 just to you know see who's up there and then we start scrolling really like between 15 and 30 we're no offense we're just kind of uninterested it just (laughs) tends to not be you know where the front runners are <laughs> or where we are so it was you know we saw a camaro got first by like a set a new record um, uh, which was impressive second was another camaro. another camaro and then a miata and that's that was that's was a very strange moment um that's that's but weird. also soon after that you know figured out we won our class and for that event and um actually got a overall podium for SSGTE two small bore, which is pretty cool. We came in third behind uh Super K, obviously. And yeah, uh yeah, that was gonna happen. And Team Unicorn, which um Eric, which we we love and respect the hell out of. And just uh, just eked out the uh the VWs, which <laughs> I know they weren't happy about, but um we just we love running them with them and trying to trying to keep pace with them through the week so that was fun
0: yeah that's okay they deserve it because there was the one year they beat they were running uh whatever it was economy in one of their cars and they beat brian and i by like five points at the end so they uh i don't feel bad at all about them losing to you guys because uh you know whatever i love those guys
1: it's not a one lap without at least at least one VW.
0: Yeah, and, and harassing them and them harassing us and all of that, you know, making fun of them for cars breaking and all that stuff. So yeah, that's that's what I love about that group. They're they fantastic. didn't break
1: at all. I know it was weird. It, it was weird. Uh, no, <laughs> no dual clutch transmissions either. So you know, add, do that math.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they, maybe they're finally starting to learn. Maybe. Um, it seems like a good send off for like a good one lap send off for the Miata to bring home a trophy and considering the shape the car was in a week before the event and knowing your history of the car and the event is, would you have, could you have done anything differently or are you just happy? dramatic
2: pause um man I don't I don't know the only thing differently that we would have done is um, <laughs> would have liked to have the car ready before the event <laughs> but we were definitely still planning on taking the Miata and this being its last year um, we kind of were talking in the middle of the week how we just, like, just this week, we realized that we brought a a race car on the one lap. (laughs) Like, we've always said race cars don't make good one lap cars. The more race car it is, the less reliable it is on the transits. And we didn't realize that that's what we were doing until we (laughs) needed a part and couldn't pick it up at the auto parts store. And then it was like, well, we did the thing that we said not to do. um but but we still wanted to do it with the miata we wanted to do it after the engine swap to see what it could do in the one lap um and we're looking forward to not having a race car on the one lap next year (laughs) (laughs) it was a lot of uh sleepless nights um i think most of our nights we got about five hours of sleep One night uh, we were driving on a transit through a thunderstorm and the intake filter was getting soaked with water. So we had to pull over and reroute the intake so that it was not getting as much water (laughs) on it. uh, And just looking forward to not dealing with some of those issues next year.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it could have gone. I mean, it the week went like it went. Um I'm very I'm just very happy it ended the way that it did. Um that last day was ended on a pretty extraordinary high high note. And uh that was that was pretty cool. Um you know, certainly it would have been great to have had, you know, the car not wrecked at NCM and, uh, you know, coming into it a lot prettier and, uh, a lot more prepared than it was. Um, but you know, the week, week went as well as it could have. And, you know, one of the, the mottos of one lap drivers is adapt and overcome. And <laughs> it's, we, we had to do we had to do that, you know, for almost the first time on the one lap is we had to do several adapt and overcomes. And, uh, so the hardest one lap I think we've done by a pretty long margin. Um, so yeah, we were very glad that the Miata made the trip, uh, there and back. (laughs) And, um, we were delighted by the pace that the car had, at, uh at a few of the tracks, and we are very happy that uh it will not see the one lap again and um <laughs> that uh we genuinely for the first time we get to experience the one lap with cruise control and air conditioning and um yeah i I mean I can think of worse ways to spend a week so we'll we'll see how that goes.
0: I I may or may not have sent people to ask you about your air conditioning during the week. I don't know if they they pulled that off, but
1: we 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 had a few people make snarky remarks and you know we're just <laughs> we're we're used to it. It's the air conditioning has almost never been on the car since I've owned it. It's just
0: I know that's that's why I always yeah. mention it cuz it's never there.
1: Yeah. The the new thing this year was not having cruise control. I can't say it was terrible. It definitely wasn't ideal, especially through Louisiana with the crappy roads. Um, yeah. Um, Becky was finding it hard to keep her foot on the throttle consistently, so like every bump it would like, <laughs> ring, ring, especially like when there were timed <laughs> ones, like it'd really start to buck. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's uh it's, it's a good car it's just not a good one-lap car anymore and um so we're going to retire it from the one lap and make it into a a better wheel-to-wheel car
0: i think it definitely of of one-lap cars that have a history i think it has a good history um for doing it as many times as it's had and for the the changes it's had through time um it's it's kind of one of the the epic in my mind. It's one of the epic one lap cars now for for what it's done. So and and going out with a third overall on the dry skid pad is kind of like an exclamation point at the end of that. It's pretty phenomenal.
1: It pays to drive a very small, low, sticky, stiff race car on a on uh, a dry skid pad, or you know, at a, a track like AMP. You know, that's it's kind of what that car is designed to do well.
0: This is true. You built it to do those things well. The things it does well,
1: it did well. And for the first time ever, we got to drive it on the racetrack with the max effort engine tune. Uh, we'd never <laughs> we'd never driven it uh, with all of its horsepowers. Uh, it's only really? been a GLTC tune, which is our 200 horsepower tune, and we got to see what 218 felt like. Um and it's more, so that was cool.
0: It's gonna, yeah. See, you get addicted to all that that Honda horsepower. It's terrible.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't mind it all the time, but yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a arms race I don't want to get into. That's why we're not no. in time attack.
0: Right? Yeah, because then you never stop searching for it until you blow things up. So. Yes. Um. What else is there to say you did one lap you survived you overcame you did awesome stuff the cars retired you're clearly not fully rested yet um I don't know what else to say
2: I think this was uh, particularly I know at least for me sentimental year too because of all of the things that happened and all of the people who reached out to us and helped us with their time or their knowledge or even just along the way checking in with us and saying like we're pulling for you or like giving us little little mini pep talks or (laughs) posting about us it just felt really like we we weren't just doing this alone um we had a lot of people a lot of support from a lot a lot of people and that was pretty amazing
1: yeah it was kind of a wind in the sails sort of thing. Um it was a very hard week and um to have had all the help, support, encouragement um that we did have um you know, it's we talk a lot about the the people aspect of what we do and that we can confidently say that we would not have done the one lap in the Miata let alone finish the one lap in the Miata had it not been for uh, the track community. So um, they're the best. And we thank everybody.
2: It was also super fun to see a lot of more grid life buddies on the one lap this year and to see them do well and be happy for them, too. So it was kind of a, a crossover in a lot of ways between one lap and grid life for us this year.
0: Yeah, Tom O'Gorman has, has, again, ruined my... You know, I always tell everybody that, like, your first one lap, it's not like you're going to go win. So just, you know, go learn how to one lap. And then you've got Robert Thorne and Tom O'Gorman who've both won it on their first one lap. And I'm like, okay, well, unless you're one of those guys, and then you can win it on your first one lap. But normal
1: people don't do it. Yeah, and it's Medigard and and um, Moss and their Street Mod time attack car. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's... <laughs> You, know, you you can say you've got a street mod car, but that's this in my mind is the street mod car to end all street mod cars. I mean it does time attack things and just drove around the country. Um and I think broke less than we did. So I mean that's that's quite a thing. And they uh they almost broke the street mod record at Gingerman on a Junkyard motor on a low horsepower tune, so they are they're swinging for the fences this year. That's going to be fun, and to have seen uh, Tom come in on his first one lap and just know his skill set as being very tuned to what the one lap is, uh, we were excited to we're excited to see his performance all week. Yeah, it was fun to watch. He was.
0: He was good. I don't know what else to say. He was just like, it was an event for him, right? It was take a car that's really good and go really fast right away. Um, and he did that. And it was phenomenal. It was, I keep using that word, but I'm just like, I wasn't there. So I just watched from a distance and uh, so jealous. All right. Did we make a show, Scott? Becky
2: thanks, Al. Do you guys want
0: to Do we need to Do we need to thank extra I ask you guys Do we need to thank extra people You've already thanked Literally everyone Do you need to thank anyone else
1: Um I would check Facebook At Robertson Racing Miata Um I think we're doing a Much more detailed Breakdown From day to day stuff And thanking people And and Everything like that I, I almost don't want to Thank anybody for fear of Missing somebody important Um but just everybody <laughs> just thank you it's been it's been good to have had support and uh all the all the encouragement these last uh three or four weeks now
0: fantastic Becky, do you wanna thank anybody
2: else? There's lots of people, but <laughs> uh hard to name everyone so um like scott said we just will we'll be thanking people in our in our recaps and just <laughs> just can't say thanks enough
0: all right scott you want to cover the social things because the last time i did it when i interviewed pete i did a terrible job what are where are all the places people can find us i wouldn't
1: say thing? terrible job but Suspect. we are at track walking podcast on instagram and facebook at track walking chats on facebook is our discussion group please like rate review smash this subscribe button as the uh kids don't say that anymore adults say that now so i don't know what the kids are actually saying um and yeah it means a lot to us to hear from you guys and if you guys have topic ideas and stuff we always take uh take requests we may or may not do them but we always listen and um that's all i got seth you want to want to get us out of
0: here all right so uh until next week i'm seth
1: and i'm scott
2: and i'm becky
0: and we are track walking talk to you next
1: week have a good night